Hey y'all, it's season three of the Be Your Own Kind podcast and we thank you, humbly thank you for tuning in. Be Your Own Kind's mantra is there is never an inopportune time to be yourself. In other words, be you without apologies. In this season, I will be presenting nuggets and interviewing individuals that are creating their lane and rocking it. Be sure to check out the featured businesses in the description box and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and pretty much every platform. Okay, now let's take flight. Well, good evening, Christy. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely fabulous. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being on our podcast today. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about me. Let's see. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. I moved about 30, 30 something times, many, many times for absolutely no reason. But I now live in Spring, Texas, a little north of Houston. And I like to share my story. I, I My story began around 18 years ago. I got an opportunity to work for a Fortune 500 company in sunny, sunny Southern California. I lived in Seattle, Washington at the time, where it was always rainy. So moving to some place there never rained was great. And <laughs> I had an opportunity, like I said, to work at a, a great company at a very young age. Yes, I was only four years old at the time, 18 years ago. But I was required to speak with leaders from other major corporations. Although I had a great job, I had a glass office overlooked the ocean, it was absolutely magnificent. It was also during this time that I developed a social anxiety disorder called glossophobia, or like stage fright times 1000. I couldn't speak to anyone besides my family and close friends. And I was required to speak to leaders and have meetings, top of meetings, and I couldn't even look anyone in the eye. I couldn't shake anyone's hand. I couldn't speak up in meetings. I couldn't even answer a phone call. It was that bad. I remember someone telling me about an organization called Toastmasters International. It's a public speaking group. And I kind of looked them up because I, I really needed help. I was I was young. I, like I said, the company moved me here. So I really didn't know anyone. I had a cousin in town. But other than that, I didn't have my you know family there. And I, I wasn't going back. There was no going back. Actually, 9-11 happened right after a move. So there were no other jobs at the moment. It's kind of like when the pandemic, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what was going on. And so I knew I had to overcome this issue I was having. I remember the first day calling Toastmasters and I found out that they met hmm, a couple blocks from my job and the meeting started around seven and I got off of work around five o'clock. So I thought, oh, I'll just bring my lunch or bring my dinner and drive on over to the parking lot and, and wait there till the meeting started. Well, that day I sat in the car for those two hours, screaming, crying. I was hyperventilating because I was having panic attacks. I was calling my mother. I was screaming because I was terrified to walk in the door because I knew they were gonna ask me to speak. And if anyone knows me, they know I'm pretty courageous. So I I did muster courage to do that. I walked in, but all I could do was say, hi, my name is Christy, and sit down when they called on me. And that went on, that scenario played on every single week for months until some leaders of the organization saw that I really was having a serious problem. And so they encouraged me to take a little role here. One minute role in Toastmasters was like <laughs> 10 years to me. It seemed so long because I was so scared. But I took on little roles 
Now remember my first speech, it's a four minute speech. I think I've been talking more than four minutes now, but it was a four minute speech and I almost passed out. It was, it was awful. I couldn't get any oxygen in my lungs. My head felt like it was gonna burn. My ears felt so hot. My, my whole body was shaking because I was terrified. But after that speech, everyone still clapped, they applaud. And they really encouraged me and everyone's smiling and I just felt a sense of euphoria, euphoria because I overcame something that frightened me so, so much. And so I kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. And over time, I got better. But as I began to speak more and mentor others, I started looking at that door that I once walked into when I was so scared and terrified to walk in. Walk in. And what I was looking for was other people that looked like me, had like terror in their eye and wanted nothing more than just to turn around and leave and just hide and never come back. And so I took it upon myself to never allow anyone to go through that because I, I don't want anyone's life to be stuck, stagnant or feel inferior or invisible because they're not able to learn the art and skill of public speaking. And so I, I have mentored many hundreds over the years. And I like to always share my most uh, favorite or successful client who came to me. He was very monotone in his tone. He worked for an oil and gas company for about 24 years. So he was very successful. And he led many groups. But one time he was put on the spot in an event and he felt what I was experiencing myself. And so we worked on his vocal inflection. We also vo worked on his ability to engage an audience. And he went on to be best-selling author, speak around the world. And now he has groups or communities of like 4,000 on Facebook. He does retreats and he makes well over another million dollars. He was already a million, made a million dollars in another business he had. It was like a software business um, community online, but yes. And so speaking can take you so far. I mean, for myself, I've, I've grown so much in my life because it's a skill. I mean, back then I was just scared and I was trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, and inching, inching, inching up just a little bit. But people who could communicate better than I could, they got the position and right. I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, but now after Developing this skill, I've been the face and the voice of CEOs. I've spoken internationally. I am also an author, podcast host. Most recently, someone approached me with starting my own TV show. So that's going to air next month. Nice. All because of the art of public speaking. That's my story. Wow. <laughs> and I want the same for everyone. I do. I do. That that is amazing. Just to conquer conquer one fear, and then it just opened up all these doors for you. Yes. Like that's 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 really that's pretty. Excuse me, pretty amazing. You know, um, I did read through your story online, and you did mention that over seventy three percent of people suffer from this anxiety where of stage fright. Yeah. Right? Yes, people can talk just just fine, like my client and my friend talk just fine speak you may be leaders of in your company but let's say you go to maybe a tony robbins event and tony asks you to stand up and answer a question or ask a question you're put on the spot in front of all those people that you're not familiar with 
that's when you experience stage fright. Or at a company event, you know, a company event and someone asks you a question to stand up. It's outside of your comfort comfort zone. And so you feel these insecurities. That's yeah. stage fright. Yeah, you feel like someone's judging. I know when mm -hmm. I stand up, I feel like someone's judging every word that I'm saying. So I oh. trip up and really no one even caught, probably caught half of the mistakes that I made. It's just all in my head. So I knew that that was my, um, my biggest thing when, when I public spoke. And I also joined uh, Toastmasters maybe, like last year I joined Toastmasters. So it is really scary to get up there. And I would always choose the role as the time taker because you didn't have to say much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're smart. I didn't think about that. I think I was timekeeper like probably four times in all these years. I never wanted the timekeeper role because I, I couldn't pay attention. I forget and I'd be so into stories, the stories and speeches. Never, I would forget to tell the time, so. Yeah, that, that was my role. I'm like, huh. I was like you want to do something else? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so um, Toastmasters is really a great tool because it's such a no judgment zone. You all are, you know, like, and then everyone is in the same spot, right? They're trying to just sharpen the skills, so. Um, when you mentioned Toastmasters, it made me smile because I'm like, yeah, I I um I was once a part of Toastmasters. <laughs> well, awesome. Stay with that group. That group has changed my entire life. The friendships that you gain and just being with life-minded individuals and professionals who are all also growing and using personal development to advance in their own area of expertise. So that's so amazing. But I like the point you, you um, mentioned is that when we're experiencing the stage fright or, or fear of being in front of speaking in front of people, it really is feeling being judged or thinks people are going to judge you, criticize you, make fun of you. And all of that comes from when we're young. You know, when we're young, our parents said, what? Be quiet, sit down. And I did. Shut up. <laughs> and then we went to school, you got in trouble for what, talking too much. Right? And then yep. you get in trouble, the kids would laugh at you. And now you're a leader and you, you get put on the spot to speak in front of a group. All those little incidences that occurred in your past start to surface. You know, maybe you're bullied as a child. I have a client who was, who was seriously bullied and his family, you know, his brothers and father kind of bullied him. And so he felt very suppressed over time. And now he's in his fifties and he really wants to make a change in his life, but he's never gotten over this fear of being in public and speaking his mind in public and getting his message out. So all of these things, yes. And that's, and that's what can make people stay stuck and stagnant is the feeling of people judging them. I know I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. I would just be quiet, you know, but I guess I reached a point where I was like, Hey, I have a voice, you know, and I don't have to sound like you or him or her. I can just be myself and still, you know, perfectly articulate what I'm trying to say. It's when you find your own voice and your own style and you grow confidence in that, I think that's what helped me not trying to like compare myself to like, you know, global speakers, like I'm not on that level. I just start, <laughs> right. So, you know, giving myself grace on top of this. So that, that's another thing, you know, um, and not taking it so serious because it's supposed to be fun. Most of the time, you know, public speaking is supposed to be fun because you're sharing information, ideas, what have you, you know, so. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know for me, I was a perfectionist and I had to be perfect and I didn't realize that, hey, I'm starting out. I'm new with everything when you're new. Even, it's a learning curve. Right. So I'm not going to be as 
great as the people who've been doing it for 10 years. And I had to learn, like you said, to give myself grace and be comfortable with the journey and where I am. And that's where the confidence started to come in. Well, the confidence really started when I started helping other people mm-hmm. and serving. Cause I found that like, oh, I'm a little bit better, but I can help someone that may be a little newer than me. And then as I continue to grow, I'd help someone else and help someone else and help someone else. And that helped me build my confidence as well. I can see that. And then you can't, you kind of see the fruits of your labor too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Over time, yes. So what, what tactics do you have for us today for us stage fright individuals that we can What do you want? Let's see. <laughs> well, there's so many different public speaking tactics that you can use to become better communicators. But okay, the areas of stage fright, well, that was one of them to serve. And uh, hmm, where should I start? All right, so, okay, are you talking about like on stage itself or on like Zoom? I guess we can, you know, most of, everything is mostly virtual now. So let's let's go with Zoom. Everything virtual. Okay. Most, most of my job, most of, most things that I have now is through Zoom. Like I rarely meet in person with anyone since the pandemic. Oh, okay. There's a lot of things online. And for me, when I pivoted from being in front of groups and organizations and speaking in front of groups live and pivoting online. That was scary, even though I've been doing it for 15 years. So it was funny. I joined a challenge that a couple of my friends from Toastmasters has started. And we, we all joined a, a challenge. It was a video challenge. And I, when I first started, I had this group, Facebook group. It was a secret group. It was me and my mother. I think she was on there. <laughs> um, you know, rooting me on. I thought I was really doing something. I was doing my videos. And they said, ah, Christy, no, not so fast. You have to put that on your Facebook profile, you know, account. And I said, oh my goodness, I had like 5,000 people on my Facebook account. I can't never do that. So that's like the world. There's over 3.6 billion people on social media. Yeah. That was a scary, that wasn't like a room of 30 people in Toastmasters. This is the world seeing you. And, but I did it and I survived. I survived that incident and I did it more and just really pushed myself to really, the the way you're gonna get better at anything is by doing the reps. That's how you get stronger, right? You're at the gym, how do you get stronger? How do you gain muscle? You do reps. Repetition is so important for your growth. And when I started to uh, learn to get more comfortable online, I did four videos a day for three months straight. I was committed. I was dedicated to learning the skill called social media. Okay. Also at various Zoom meetings and I had to learn. It's a learning process. People don't realize that you don't just get on Zoom and hey, you're just a star. There's so many things you have to understand. For one, eye contact. Okay. That's a little green dot here that we have to focus on. And you don't just do that after a couple of times. It took me many, many times to learn proper eye contact. Now, a trick that you can use when you're on Zoom or doing a Facebook Lives or anything like that is to, you can certainly get a picture and cut out of your friend or your spouse or something like that and put it right by that little dot, okay? Mm-hmm. And speak to that person as if they're your best friend, okay? When you 
think about it when you're talking to your best friend you got you ladies or men or you're out there hanging out at a restaurant and you're chatting all night long you're not thinking about oh what did i say what do i look like anything like that you're talking about that conversation you're really into that conversation you're speaking from your heart that's one tip i can give you that will help greatly is cut out a picture of your friend your best friend put about a green dot and speak to that person as if they're right there with you that's going to allow you to come up more naturally, more empathetic, and also kind of remind you to keep that your eyes focused on that little green dot. And then practice, 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 practice. <laughs> With my clients, I always have them. I don't care if they're, they come to me to learn how to speak on stage or at their at company level. They all have to do videos. Okay. It's, it's, also allows you to get comfortable speaking about your topic. That's true. How okay. many sessions do you have with with your uh, clients? Um, the one-on-one coaching program that I have right now, which may change next month, because yeah, the demand's going to be higher with the TV show, um, is twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. So twelve weeks, you are transformed if you do the work, and that's what I tell my clients. You get the results when you do the work. So you work with me. We work on different gradient scales. I see areas where you're great at and areas where you can prove upon. And not not only do we work on those public speaking tactics on a gradient scale, but we work even stronger on those areas that you need improvement. Okay. But I also require you to find a group, whether it's Toastmasters or church group or something, that's going to allow you to have stage time. Okay. Even in a couple of minutes, I want you to get comfortable being in front of people. Next is uh, videos. Either I have a client who really wants to do Zoom videos. He does Zoom videos. I have clients who have podcasts. Okay, well, I want you to record more multiple podcasts during this time. Or Facebook Lives. Do more Facebook Lives, but get comfortable talking about your subject, talking to your target market. That's pretty much what it is. Okay, it's just pushing, pushing people past their limits. Yes, because that's that's really how people stay stuck is they're not willing to do the work. And I did the work. Yeah. I mean, when I started 18 years ago, think about it. There was no Facebook. There was no Google back then. And But I wanted to get better. Right. So what I would do, this is funny. I would take a sheet of paper. I don't have a sheet of paper. Yeah, I have a sheet I would take a sheet of paper and I'd write a happy face on it. And I tape that to different pillows around my room. And I, and I place stuffed animals or pillows around my room. That was my audience. Wow. And so I would practice my eye contact, my body movement, my vocal inflection, all of that in front of my, my audience. And so that helped me definitely when I was on stage. Put the work. <laughs> you gotta put in the work. You have to put in the work. If you want to get better, you have to put in the work. I used to practice eight times a day. Oh my. Remember, remember, all you need is five minutes. Remember those five minute speeches. Right. Five minutes. So find five minutes throughout the day to practice. So I'd practice my God up in the morning, practice in the car, going to the gym, practice on a treadmill, five minutes. I'm a treadmill, 30 minutes. Right. You know, driving home on my lunch break, five minutes. On the way home, five minutes. Before I go to bed, five minutes. It's five minutes. And what's five minutes? We, we waste five minutes. You waste five minutes doing all kinds of silly things. Yes. Yeah. So if I'm in a car 
At that time, I remember I, I lived in an apartment, so I couldn't practice my vocal inflection variety in the car, but I do my vocal exercises loud, like, and my I wanted my vocal cords to get stronger because I hated my voice. I practiced it in the car, going to the gym or driving to work or driving home. Five minutes. Five minutes. You heard that audience. And that's with <laughs> anything, not just public speaking. Like if you want to get better at something, you're gonna have to practice. That's the only way you can conquer the fear mm-hmm. is by facing it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like on your first podcast, were you like kind of scared about recording your first podcast? Oh yes. Oh yes. Um my mom was my guest and I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> And, and even still, like, it's weird that I have a podcast or anything because I am horrified of public speaking. That's why this is this is so weird that you say that. But the more that I, I've recorded and the more that I've done videos, and like I said, I joined Toastmasters so I can, like, be more articulate, you know, in a sense. And, and just by practicing, I'm more comfortable, you know, mm, with this. But you yes. put me in front of, like, actual people, like, not on the screen, that's where I feel have my little areas there but but yeah I, I that's why I'm like listening to you like it I I just I was afraid and I just went for it like I wanted a podcast so I'm like I'm just gonna go through this fear so I had my mom be my first guest and I think my best friend was my second guest so mm-hmm. I started listening to people I knew first mm-hmm. before reaching out to people that I did right yeah right see look and now you're expert look at that <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> but it goes in line with everything we do it's just the fear right. of the unknown and something yeah. that's new but if you think about it babies don't feel that i, I read something where toddlers fall like five thousand times before they learn how to walk Jeez. think about that how many times they fell down before they kept before they got back up and learn how to walk. It was not an option whether they were going to walk or not. They were going to walk. That you have to. If this is if you want to get from here to here quicker, this is what you have to do. In yes. their mind, the baby is like, "This is what I have to do." I'm just, do- <laughs> I'm just doing it. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yes, yes. It's no thought. And and I'm wondering, like, as we grow older, I feel like we, we're more fearful. Oh yes. And, and like you said earlier, it could be based on you know past experiences or Mm -hmm. um past relationships but it's like you start off like confident in everything and then you get older in your 30s or 40s and you're like man i'm horrified of everything everything yeah everything's scary when i started my podcast that was i was terrified but now i know that that's what you have to go through in order to get better even my tv show we just we're in beta mode right now and I felt that fear again. And I'm like, ah, this is what's happening. Same thing happened when I when I started doing the Facebook Live. Same thing started when I started my podcast. Same thing started when I started speaking 18 years ago. The same thing. Just do it. Just do it and keep doing it. You're going to get better and it's going to fade away. So yeah. now I'm, I'm used to it. Yeah, and it's almost... Well, there is a rumor I've heard for years. Um, is the... Um, let's see if I can work this right. If... Is the, um, what am I trying to say? I just got messed up in my thought. So I was told that a person who is always nervous before making a speech, that is like a sign of a great speaker. Is that true? 
all speakers that I've ever met, even those who are very seasoned, like 30, 40 years speaking, they all still feel little butterflies. And I don't feel butterflies anymore. I get more, I get more adrenaline, a lot of energy. And probably too much energy to calm down. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, you need to calm down a bit. This is like, this is getting carried away. Yeah, because I get like, whoa, yeah, you know, I gotta go. But, and I can't calm myself down and I start eating like everything I can. Yeah, it's bad. But, but yes, it's nervous energy. But I, but it's how you use that. I use that energy to dominate the audience. And my, the way I speak, is more engaging. I engage my audience. I stop them from doing whatever it is they're doing and they're going to pay attention to me and my message. Because I put together a message, I have a message that's going to hopefully transform the lives of the people in this room. And so you must hear this. And that's where you come. That's a stance that you must come with. The, the confidence that you must bring on the stage in order to do just that. And so my energy is what really makes me who I am as far as a dynamic speaker on stage. Well, you have to captivate people and you have to keep them interested because the attention span, especially now, is very short. And right. like, I think it's less than 20 minutes at this point. But you yeah. have no idea how many speakers I see do not move when Wilson talks like this and this speak. And... Yes. Yes. It still happens. We're entertained in the sense. So you're going to lose them. They'll start thinking about dinner or lunch or something. Like, man. <laughs> yes, when I get on stage, you're not going to be thinking about anything. No. Yes. So not only are you a coach, you're also an author. So you wrote a book about public speaking. I wrote a book. You know what was so easy about my book is that I spoke the book. Ah. I spoke it. I'm gonna re- write a book oh my gosh no i actually spoke i said hey i'm a speaker so shouldn't there be a dictation something on this computer i found one i googled it and i said oh okay well i'll just speak my book and then i gave it to an editor and they edited it but i like that tech technique because i i wrote the book in three about three months i just had a goal to write maybe 10 pages a day and it's it's my voice they're my thoughts and I didn't use a ghostwriter for my book. Hmm. Like that is a good tactic for writing the book, actually. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because you can Thank edit you. later. You can add the commas and punctuation later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. So every morning I just speak a little bit, about 20 minutes talking. Each morning, I wrote my book. Hmm. And my book is called From Stage Fright to Superstar. So it shares my story. And then I also give a few public speaking tactics to get over stage right. And where can people find your book? On Amazon. Okay, that's easy. We all know where Amazon is. Everybody, everybody knows Amazon is my best friend. I just have a picture of Amazon right here by this green dot. Because <laughs> I love Amazon and Amazon loves me. <laughs> so you're the creator of the Client Connection Code. Yes. Can you expound upon that? Now, the Client Connection Code is one of my keynotes that I speak to more corporations or executive coaching and training in the area of sales. But I don't do the back-end sales where, hey, rah, 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 meet your goal, meet your goal. My technique or, yeah, my topic is more on the front end of sales, okay? That's establishing relationships and connections with your clients in a way that increases sales, repeat buyers, and also referrals. 
And so that's what's missing nowadays is people don't, don't know how to connect. You know, you go to a store, let's say you go to, I don't, you can go to Apple. You can go to Apple or, or Verizon. You walk in there, what are they doing? Yeah. No one's greeting you. The only place that really follows this method that I've seen is Walgreens, my local Walgreens. Every time I walk in Walgreens, they say, hi, welcome to Walgreens. When I first started doing that, I was like, ah! But, because <laughs> I, I, nobody does that. They ignore you when you walk in the door. And that was great, but that's so true. Within three seconds, you should be greeting the people when they walk into the your building. And right. if, you can, if you can greet them by name, that's even better. But your energy, right? Your energy and your professionalism should come out in your demeanor when you're greeting a client. And that's what the Client Connection Code is. We, I go over the introduction, how to introduce yourself, the how to establish rapport with your clients, how to uh, follow up with your clients and how to follow up and not like, not say, hey, you know, hey, we have a new sale coming in. No, find out about their family, their children, their, if any grant graduations are coming up, anniversaries or birthdays, find out about them. Bring back the human to human connection. Right. Everything is going through our technology and people are longing for humans <laughs> to communicate with them. I think people really realized that last year when we were cut off from communicating, you know, from human contact. Except for the people that live in the house, live in the house with us. But yeah, I think people realize like, hey, I do need humans. But I don't right. think we realized that prior, you know, mm. because we were steady going through our regular routine. But when our routine was cut off, it's like, oh man, I wish I can hug my friend. I wish I can hug my mom, you know. And and even even through the pandemic, I see a lot more people are trying to connect with people and hang out and do girls' nights and things like that. Even myself, like I want to see everybody. As soon as I can go outside, I want to see everybody. So you are right about that. But prior to that, I was just text all day. I wouldn't try to set up any type of get together or anything. So I feel like 2020, um, I can speak for myself, just made me realize, you know, how important it is to connect with people off of technology, like in person. Right. And Zoom yeah. has been a saving grace for people yes. who are inside because I really do feel like we're having a lunch or something, chit-chatting about uh, public speaking and, <laughs> and, and life. Right? It, yeah. it helps. It helps. So that was one of my saving grace for Zoom. But yeah. yes, I'm out more. I'm doing more. Last two months, I've been traveling a lot. I was speaking in Mexico to get my international speaking certificate. So I spoke there and spoke in Arizona twice, San Antonio. So I've been traveling a lot speaking. I'll definitely take this month off uh, from traveling because I've been going quite, quite a lot. Okay. So that's your, that's your, that's your main job. You're a professional speaker. Professional or, speaker and coach. And coach. Okay. And author. An author and podcast host and TV show and a host. Podcast host and a TV show. You got it going on. <laughs> so it'd be why okay, we have a safe question. If you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Uh, one word? I only get one word. You can get two if you want. <laughs> if I could describe myself. Dynamically unique. Okay, and why? 
because I am, I am me and I'm the best version of me. So I'm very different than anyone else. So when I step into the room, all eyes will be on me because I have a mission to dynamically engage any audience. Love it. Love it. You're one of those people that walk and everybody's like, oh, I just got to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to talk to me because I wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> one more thing before we get out. So, so small talk. Do you have like, like a quick tactic for small talk? Because what happens when you're talking to someone and it just stops and then you're just standing there and you guys are just, it's like, it gets awkward because it's only supposed to be a small conversation. What if the person stayed beyond the short period of time? Like how, how can you like make it less awkward? If someone repeat that, if they stop talking or. Oh, you're having small talk. You're at a, you're at a networking event. And you guys are talking about, you know, what you do, the weather, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it just falls silent. Oh, you just go to the next person. I was so That's nice. That's not rude, though, to be like, okay, bye. <laughs> it, the conversation ended. There's a whole room of people for me to talk to. But the person's still standing there. So I was like, they're not talking. <laughs> they, they're done. <laughs> they're done. We, we talked about what we needed to talk about. We talked about business. We talked about the sun. <laughs> we talked about where they're from. Awesome. Great. It was so nice meeting you. I'm, I'm going to go and chat, walk around a little bit and see if there's anybody else I can connect with. Oh, that's a good segue. Just, just end it off. Just well, they know that you're there for a reason. Right. And your reason is to meet and greet and network with as many people as you possibly can because you have a short amount of time. Right. Right. I just feel rude to just walk off. Like, I'm like, you're still standing here. Just like, am I rude? They should be doing the same. They should be doing the same. <laughs> or, or say, hey, let's go see if there's anybody else we can connect with. If they're really shy, I'll say, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's go see if we can find someone else we can connect with. Or... Oh, the food just arrived. <laughs> Look that way. <laughs> That's hilarious. I always tell my sister, I'm like, small talk is so weird to me. I'm like, I'm more of a tiny talker when it comes to networking. Because <laughs> I'll just run out of stuff to say. But the per like I just said, the person will still be there. And I'm just standing there like, OK. So I didn't know that it was okay to just like, you know, as an exit stage left. <laughs> bring it with you. Let's say, hey, let's go over there and talk to that group or let's get some more business cards or I don't know. You thirsty? Or, or connect, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're in a networking event, remember you're there for a reason. You're there to right. network for your business. Right. Right? So your right. mission is to talk and network to as many people as possible. If, you, if you're more familiar with that group help that person maybe connect them with someone if they if you see that they are having a challenge in that area say hey there's somebody i want you to connect you you two let's go meet this person go bring them over to someone else to meet you go find someone else to talk to that you need to meet there's so many different ways to do this yeah. it all depends on the situation but again repetition i've been to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of networking events hundreds so so you would, and I don't, I don't, I go to maybe like two a year. So that's why I used to go to two or three a week. Wow. Next and year Houston, I'll buff it up. Yeah. yeah Houston, so I can, were, oh, go ahead. No, no. Oh, I was saying so I can, you know, get my <laughs> networking on. <laughs> yeah. No, what was you saying? 
Oh, I was going to say in Houston, the networking events used to be 200, 300 people at these events. So, so you didn't have time to sit with one person forever. At first, of course, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just sit there, twiddle my thumbs. Oh, nobody wants to talk to me. But after a while, everybody knew me. But I kept going and I kept learning and I kept growing. And people would say, yes, when you come here, have a mission to meet at least 10 people. And they teach me along and then I apply what they taught me. And over time, I got better. And I wasn't just born just to network. No, I'm an introvert. I was happy that COVID came around. I'm like, oh, I don't have to touch anybody. I don't have to ever hug anybody. I don't have to see anybody. I can talk to myself on the internet all day long and have a great old time laughing at this little green dot. So yes, you're an introvert. Now that's interesting. I would be so happy here. I'm, I'm happy home by myself. I'm, I'm just me and my cat. Yes. So introverts, it's possibly it's possible <laughs> to be a great public speaker even when you're introverted. So that's great. Yes. <laughs> Let me give you a quick tip. That's definitely going to help you and your your listeners. Okay. Okay. When you. And let's say you are introvert, right? Or you're shy or something like that. And and Beyonce does the same thing, okay? She created an alter ego. Her alter ego, if you know, was named Sasha Fierce. So when she broke from her, her group and she was supposed to be the sexy musician by herself, she had to create an alter ego to be able to portray that person on stage because that was totally not her. Now she doesn't need Sasha Fierce anymore, but try to create an alter ego. My alter ego is Christy Love. I was named after a movie star back in the day. Named It was a show called Get Christy Love. She's a movie star. That's where the stage fright, the stage fright the superstar came from. That's my alter ego. So when I'm on stage, I'm at an event, Christy Love comes out and leave Christy Williams behind. You do that over and over and over and over and over again, it becomes natural. So whenever I'm out the house, Christy Love shows up. Hmm. If you see me speaking on stage, you see all these colorful outfits and, and different things I do. That's Christy Love. At home, I'm just happy da, 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 to myself. <laughs> Count my steps down the hallway. Yes. That is a great tactic. That is an awesome tactic. And I, I forgot all about the Sasha Fierce because you're right, Beyonce don't even mention her anymore. She isn't here anymore. Yeah. It doesn't. No, now she's the queen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? That's all I had. Just keep going, keep practicing. Do not give up, never give up, never quit on your goal. And I want to see you all just shine. I want to see you all shine. If you need my help, you know where to find me. I find me at beseenbeloved.com. And I do have a freebie, a gift I want to share with your listeners. Awesome. It's, uh, called titled masterful community seven keys to masterful communication you can get it on be seen be loved seven keys.com so definitely want to give that to your guests as a gift yes i'll put that in the notes the podcast notes. <laughs> awesome and find me on social media christy love on instagram i am christy love i am christy okay Thanks. all right we'll put those all in the notes too where you can find christy love and if you need pointers um, she's, she's your gal. <laughs> she's your gal to get you out of, especially like, I don't know, when you said you were introverted, that, that means there's hope for us all. <laughs> there's hope. There's so much hope. Yes. So I, love, I love your transparency and I love you, you know, sharing tips that are not like, they're attainable. 
Yeah, you shared attainable uh, tips. So thank you so much for for like being a guest on the Be Your Own Kind podcast and sharing your wisdom with us today. We really do appreciate that. Anita, you are absolutely amazing. This was <laughs> so much fun. I just, where are you? Where do you live? Uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Indiana. So, okay, we're going to have to find a place to go to lunch and have some coffee and tea or something like that because I love <laughs> talking to you. This is amazing. This is great. Yes, same here, same here. And listeners, don't forget to practice and don't forget to be kind to yourself and yes. to each other. Until yes. next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>